Hello and welcome to That's So Craven. We're now streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Twitch. Please follow us on social media and subscribe. That way you'll be notified when a live recording starts or when we publish a new podcast. We'd really appreciate you sharing that So Craven with your Fulham friends so that our community continues to grow. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and come on you whites. Feed from desire, mind and senses purified. Feed from desire, mind and senses purified. Feed from desire, mind and senses purified. Feed from desire. Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from Down Under. Here today to discuss Fulham finally passing the 40 mark and officially avoiding relegation, all but. Uh, here to discuss the 3-1 victory over Everton with me, I have Sam. How are we going, Sammy? I'm going great. I'm so excited to discuss this podcast in every detail. I'm Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. This is great. And Dad, how are you going today? I'm very, very well. I'm happy to be here and happy after last night. Uh, final turnaround of form. Couldn't be happier. Yeah, well, it, it feels like it's been forever, and it kind of has been quite a long time now. It's two months since we've last discussed a Fulham victory, so uh, it does feel good wow. to be sitting down and actually talking through a Fulham win for once because we've been a little negative and down the last few weeks, so it was really good to bounce back with not just a good outcome with a 3-1 win but I, I feel a very good performance as well and kind of what we've been asking for for a little while in the fact that we we showed something different um we'll talk through the changes to the lineup and and how it was different but first things first congratulations to us it's our 50th episode today i know that um Fulhamish are going to be celebrating their 500th episode which is a crazy landmark but uh, i'm really Proud that we've made it to 50 episodes um, and kind of nuts to think about how many hours we've put into this over the last <laughs> six months or so when you consider 50 hour long episodes, plus all the editing on top of that and the tweeting and everything. So um, just a little shout out and a pat on the back to us for 50, 50 uh, that's a graven episode. To us, to us, and not yeah, only to us. us. Thank you for the people who listened, is Jack, what you're supposed to say. We appreciate yeah. the support, uh, support immensely. And yeah, we can't do this without your engagement with us. Thanks, guys. Yeah, well, uh, me too as well, because, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Let's uh, move on and actually talk about the game itself. So 3-1 victory to Fulham. Uh, Harrison Reed scoring his third goal of the season uh, to make it 1-0. McNeil equalising about 10, 12 minutes later, um, going into halftime at one all. Then Fulham uh, winning it in in the end fairly comfortably with a uh, 51st-minute goal from Harry Wilson, a beautiful team goal there. And then a very well-taken goal from Dan James at the end as well. Um, that was the 68th minute, so still a solid 22 minutes plus to go. And um, Fulham never really looked too nervy after that. A couple of little half chances as well for both teams. But in the end, a very good victory. Sam, just run me through your thoughts on the game in, in total, um, just, just to kick us off. So... 
This was probably one of my favorite games to watch throughout the entire season for two reasons. Now, sport is all about narratives. It was a cracking first half, um, really, really fast-paced stuff, really enjoyable to watch, kind of nervy in bits. But we have a group chat. We have a group chat, a separate group chat that we typically use when all of us aren't watching the game together. And the narrative of the group chat was dad basically bagging out Dan James and us, me and Jack specifically going, dad, I don't really understand what game you are watching because Dan James is actually doing all right. And then Dan James proceeded to have one of the best games he's ever had in arguably not necessarily even just a Fulham shirt, but just in general in part of a system that worked excellently for him. And dad for the large majority of it was having none of it. So this game was equally satisfying in two (laughs) sections because Fulham played great. I'm so happy that that system worked. Awesome to see um, Harry Wilson come back and Dan James like prove himself. And also, just I am going to be as smug as possible this whole podcast for defending Dan James and Dad just stubbornly going against him. And it was so good. It was so good. I loved every second of it. Uh, write a reply. I think it's a very unfair characterization of my. Uh, <laughs> Balanced view of the evening. Oh man, the family lawyer will be in touch by the sounds of things. Oh, it was it was so fun. It was so like genuinely like the like from from the group chat to actually watching the game. It was so much fun. I had so much fun this entire time. It was great. Well, let's talk through the changes to the lineup because we were all calling for a change and we were calling for something different. Um, Dad was. I mean, I know it wasn't, but was this a lineup that you half expected in your mind? We were sort of throwing around um, Solomon potentially up front and BDR on the right, and to see neither of them in the starting lineup and also no Vinicius must have come as a bit of a shock. Well, um, I, I was fearful that Silva would actually persist with Vinicius, which mm. I was concerned about. And I, I, I could see, I could see a universe where uh, Marcus Silva said, "No, this is how we play. This is our style. This is what we will continue to work towards being successful at." I could see that happening, and I was really desperately hoping, hoping that was not going to happen. Um, BDR um, not starting, um, somewhat controversial in the circumstances. Um, Choosing, I, I'm I'm so glad that he's given Harry Wilson an opportunity, and obviously he grabbed it with both hands. And I, I do remember early thinking that, uh, and and chatting about the fact that it, Harry still looked a bit underconfident, and wouldn't mm. it be great if he did find his feet and his confidence? And obviously, the um, <clears throat> he's, he's he's he had a great game. Um, I I was surprised to to see Dan James uh, up front, and it was certainly wouldn't be my pick. Um, really, I, <laughs> I was Let surprised. Talk, I was surprised. You're so up for this, Sam. It's funny. I'm, so I'm just going to. I'm so ready. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm just going to kill you out of this. Um, <laughs> I I'm still. <laughs> I'm 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 still here. <laughs> Pretty much, this set the clock 
Set the clock back. Yeah. I'll just keep going. I can see that little red dial on my top left hand side of my screen. It's only showing seven seven minutes. I can do another fifty three of this. Anyway, um, <laughs> like an expert uh, politician, just avoid. <laughs> yeah, that's what a filibuster is, Sammy. Look it up. Anyway, um, I, uh, I I'm astonished that um, the management saw fit to not include Solomon in either the starting lineup or even in. A substitution. I, I'm surprised. Um, the, and, and I guess uh, the other, not it wasn't a surprise to see Tosin in the side replacing, um, or not replacing, but keeping Diop out. Um, and again, he had a great game. Yeah, I, I have to say you, you're right. Tosin, um, you know, it, for, for me so far this season, the number one, partnership in defense is Raymond Diop. And I think I saw a stat pop up that they're the fifth highest tackling percentage of a back uh, of a partnership in the Premier League this season. Some stat basically saying that those two together as a partnership have been very solid all year. Um, so it is surprising to see that Tosin is keeping Diop out of the team, considering how well Diop's played all season. But Tosin did have one of his better games, he looked very in control throughout. His passing, I thought, was really good throughout. His positioning, his ability in the air, um, he, he made some some really good decisions, I think, and it was good to see him getting a good run out. And it's nice to see that we've got um, basically three players who can all play in that central defensive position who are all good enough to play in that position as well, and we're able to rotate them. The big question for me is... If we drop Ream out of there, how do Tosin and Diop do together? Because I think next season, realistically, Tim Ream is, well, one year older and he will start to slow down. Um, I, you know, He's not going to be able to play for us forever, whereas Tosin and Diop are a little bit younger and so they've got more time to actually play together. Tosin, obviously, his contract is up fairly soon as well, so... Um, We'd be looking to get him signing a new one, so it's good to get him minutes. Uh, but I agree. I think Tosin had a really good game. Um, let's actually dive a bit deeper into who was picked, though. The fact that we had Harry Wilson playing on the right, like you said, really good to get minutes in his legs. And then Dan James um, centrally up front. Sammy, I'll throw to you your initial thoughts um, when you saw that Dan James was picked as a striker. Um well, I mean, I know in the group chat we were tossing and turning and working out mm. who was playing where because it, it wasn't super clear. I think you could have played Pereira up front, Wilson up front, Dan James up front, even William potentially. Um, what were your thoughts in seeing him included on the in the starting lineup, though? Yeah, just bold, bold by Silver. Um, and I, and you know what? I, we've actually come to appreciate this about Silver, and we've been kind of wanting him to do something um important to kind of like switch it up uh it's it's one of those things whenever i see like james up front i'm like i know i know i know in theory how that can work but it hasn't been executed very well i was more surprised to see um james and wilson together but it's kind of it, i guess it's testament to like these guys are doing 11 on 11 uh in training all week and i'm assuming that um, the obvious answer probably would have been Solomon and BDR, but I, I guess they must have been showing some promise in, in that system that Silver was trying. And Silver just went, no, nah, you guys are 
the main players that I can do this. And he had faith in them. And um, yeah, as you said before, it was a bit of a shaky start from Wilson. There was specifically one moment where um, uh, Wilson was at the edge of the box and he just didn't take a shot when he should have. And my my heart kind of dropped a little bit and I was like, oh, he's, he's just not there again. And then William literally had the exact same opportunity and did exactly what he should have done and take a, take, took a shot. And I feel like it was really important to have William there. I feel like we haven't spoken about that enough because uh, Williams he's just such a good example of what um, players should be doing. And I feel that he really set um, the momentum last night for Wilson in particular. And yeah, like I, I'm not really fully sure what position James was actually playing. Cause he was kind of playing a bit of like a floating false nine, but I'm really excited about that. It's literally what we were talking about uh, last last pod of um, that kind of fluid moving front three. I'm really excited about what that can potentially be. Obviously, um, uh, Vinicius, you are in our thoughts, but yeah, this this I think this is really exciting. I'm also very excited to talk about just Fulham going forward. I'm not just here to bag out dad. Sure. No one believes that. Um, uh, it's it's an interesting point you make because when you're talking about that moment where Wilson did cut onto his left and the Harry Wilson we saw last season and basically since he's been at the club when he's confident definitely would have struck that ball and, and put totally. a shot on target. And we've seen him score from there multiple times. And, you know, as a winger, uh, any half-decent winger, we see Willian do it, we see Solomon's done it multiple times. You you want to cut onto your strong foot and be able to have a shot and curl at goal. And I think we all saw that moment where it looked like he was going to take a shot and then he just stopped and looked mm. for other options. And that was um, kind of telling, I think, of his uh, his place mentally at the moment and his mentality where he he just looked at it and went I don't think I can score that and you yeah. actually want a winger and a player on the pitch in an attacking position who looks at it and goes yeah I can score that um I know we had Knockart who used to do that and used to think he could score anything um but I'd prefer someone taking shots and actually because he created the opportunity he created the space for himself he just needed yeah, to totally. um to actually it's just confidence. It's confidence. And mm. Pure confidence. But let's talk about the goal itself. Uh, the first goal, Harrison Reed getting on the score sheet. And that one did come from almost the exact same situation. Harry Wilson makes some space for himself. He does back himself and he puts a really good shot on goal. Um, curls it round Pickford. Unfortunately, it hits the post. The ball comes back out into the center of the box. Dan James does really well to follow it up. Um basically gets there before the defender who I think fouls Dan James as well. I reckon if that had come to nothing, that probably would have been looked at by VAR because it looks like Dan James gets there first, gets a bit of a touch on the ball. The ball falls really nicely for Harrison Reed, who all he, all he has to do is side foot it into the back of the net past Pickford. He's so close that Pickford's basically got no chance. Fulham take a 1-0 lead. Um, Dad, your your thoughts on the goal just as a whole? Well, th this was, I mean, that that um, that moment where Harry Wilson kind of backs out of having a shot, if if my memory serves me correctly, it was only a few moments, a few minutes yeah. before it, yeah. this goal. 
maybe and it's, five it's years remarkable. Before. Yeah, it's remarkable though. What just that you know he he obviously just had a moment, a, a gut and instinct reaction. But I, I can do this. He he very nearly scores. He hits the post with that ball, and obviously that put the evident Ever, Everton defence under so much pressure with the ball ricocheting around like a like a pinball because the defender it sort of comes off the defender and he squares it unintentionally and and Dan James does well to try and get in front of the defender um some some people will have you believe that Dan, Dan James backheeled it I'm not having it That's the, he didn't backheel it he got in it front is an of official the defender. assist it's an it's official really. assist Yes. Wow. Okay. What do you mean he well, didn't it, backheel it? Okay. He, look, he does well because what he does by actually lunging forward, he gets in front of the defender, potentially draws a foul, which could have been a penalty. And regardless of how much he touched it or didn't, he stops the defender getting to the ball and the, the ball kind of scoots underneath them and leaves uh, Harrison Reed with what looks like a fairly easy piece of work to do. But that's all about the, the, and the great thing about all of this is that, for me, it's one of the first times in a really long time where we actually see Fulham players arriving in the box to mm. actually pounce on the crumbs and put it away after actually creating so much pressure uh, to actually execute and get something out of it, and it's so good to see. Mm. Um, so, a, apart from the fact that. Um, I thought that was a real moment for Harry Wilson, who effectively, for me, actually gets the real assist in that, for effectively creating creating the the play that results in a goal, and that must have been a tremendous confidence boost to Harry Wilson, which mm. is a is a really really good thing for the Fulham Football Club right now. There was just awesome urgency last night. It was, it was it was really fun to watch. Like it's it's always nice when your team has got like some serious serious desire to kind of get there. It, it was awesome. Really loved it. I think additionally, we've talked about Harrison Reed and potentially floated having him replaced for Tom Kearney, who adds a bit more creatively for Lukic, who looks a little bit more controlled on the ball going forward. It's good to see Harrison Reed on the score sheet. Mm. Um, I think we, we're wanting that attacking impetus from him a little more and we haven't really seen it that much, but it's good that he is getting into the box and he is in the right positions. And there were quite a few times where he was on the edge of the box and pushing forward and in attacking positions. So it is, um, I, I take that as a big positive that he's adapting his game a little more to suit us not having Mitro in the lineup because I think he does need to be a little bit more attack-minded when we don't have... Mitro, because if he isn't pushed up even further, we leave these big gaps um, behind Pereira, effectively, where um, we we just lose any kind of attacking momentum we have. So um, I, I was pleased to see Reed score. Let's look at the Everton goal very quickly as well. Um, Polina gives the ball away, and I have to say it was probably Polina's worst game in a Fulham shirt that I've personally mm. seen in a while. Um, he in the first half especially, gave the ball away multiple times, um, being muscled off the ball, uh, just putting passes completely wide of our players and giving the possession away multiple times. It wasn't the kind of performance we expect from Polina, which is obviously a little bit disappointing, but 
Um, fortunately, it didn't cost us too much. But um, Polina tries to sort of dribble the ball out, gives the ball away. Uh, McNeil does really well to basically shrug off Reed's challenge. Uh, defenders potentially could have closed him down a little bit. Takes mm. a good shot, though. Beats Leno um, right into the corner. Bottom corner, admittedly, but still the corner. Um, and Everton bring it back to one all. Going to half time, Sammy, um, you know, Everton potentially could have got a couple other goals in there. There was a very good save by Leno, uh, despite Malpe probably being offside. Um, were you at all worried that it might be another Fulhamish game where we're taking on a team who are playing really poorly but still can't quite get a result? I mean, I did, I did, I did say in um, the gr- group chat, uh, it was a really intense first half. I'm not sure, like, not sure, like how well you guys remember it, but I was particularly struck by like um, how much, I like how pacey it was and like how aggressive, like from both sides, it actually was. I feel that like um, I and I and I said in like um, the group chat, I feel that we are the better team, even though that it, it was really kind of even and like just very intense and um from playing uh indoor and uh very very expertly um i've <laughs> i've kind of noticed that like uh any any team can really have a good first half but it really comes down to um your depth of squad and how you actually play as a unit that kind of informs your second because uh everybody can like swing at you in the first but uh I I, had, I really did have genuine faith that as a unit we play better and would looking like we were going to play better in the second half. Um, with regards to Polina as well, it, it's a really interesting point because I was I've been kind of mulling over this a bit, like because I, I feel like Polina is never bad per se, but like um, it was interesting when we play that um, very very pacey style. Maybe he's just not necessarily. I don't want to say he's not fast enough, but it doesn't necessarily suit him as well to be that rock solid and also like just bumming around everywhere. It kind of suits Harrison Reed actually a little bit more. But yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting discussion point. Yeah. Uh, Fulham come out in the second half and, you know, uh, it, it looked like we got the right kind of team talk at halftime because. I'd say a couple of instances we were a little bit sloppy in the first, um, mm. but we just looked that little edge more. And it, it sort of reminded me a little bit of the Bournemouth game, how Bournemouth came out in that second half and just looked on it straight away. And I have to say the the second goal we scored, Harry Wilson's goal, it's probably one of our best worked goals of the season. Totally. Um, potentially the goal against Bournemouth as well, a similar style of goal. Um, Tete brings a ball out of our half, plays the ball in behind to Dan James, who um, brings the ball out a little bit wider, draws the second man in, and then cuts the ball back for uh, Harrison Reed. Harrison Reed puts a ball across for Willian. Willian touches it back perfectly into the path of Harry Wilson, who's running into the box, puts the ball in the top corner, uh, Pickford sent the wrong way. It was just a beautiful goal. Um, you know, I saw a couple of people tweeting saying needs to be put forward for a Pulitzer Prize or put into a gallery. <laughs> it's that kind of goal. But it's it's a kind of goal that we've been wanting because we don't have Mitrovic as a target man up front. So we have to be a little bit 
smarter about how we try and score goals. And we did see quite a lot of crosses in the first five minutes of this game where I, I think I messaged all of you guys just saying it's yeah. going to be one of those days again where we, we're we playing someone even shorter than Vinicius up front, but we're still floating crosses into the box. It didn't really make sense. But as the game progressed, we could see when the crosses were put in, they were aimed far to the deep, uh, far to the deep, far to the back post. Um, and often at Willian, who was sort of sitting off almost outside the area, and we were basically playing big crossfield passes rather than crosses itself. And it seemed to work really well. Um, we were picking players out. We were spreading the spreading the ball around, creating extra space. And I think that's a big part of this goal is that ball from Harrison Reed, not to look for someone else nearby and around him and try and slip a ball in behind, but to actually play that cross field ball and pick out um, pick out Willian, who just does really well not to panic there and lays the ball back perfectly. And Harry Wilson, um, you know, we've been saying we're looking for him to get some confidence. And mm-hmm. this performance from Wilson just hopefully does wonders for him because great to see him get on the score sheet, you know, did all the hard work creating that first goal as well by hitting the post. Uh, a really good performance from Wilson. Dad, your thoughts on the goal? Because for me, it was probably one of my favourite goals to watch that Fulham have scored, at least in recent times. Yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, there was a lot. There was a, a, a lot to compare and um, with the Bournemouth goal, um, and arguably the Bournemouth goal was even slicker. Because the the little setup, the final setup, uh, mm. was was very 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 uh, sweet, and then you know Pereira arrives and just slots it away. But um, no, I th- I thought it was really good, and um, again Harry Wilson arriving to take to take the opportunity was an absolute breath of fresh air, and to slot it away really confidently. I mean, you know. Um, a month ago, he he may well have not even have had a go at that. Mm, totally, <laughs> it was done with such venom as well. That was a part that I was so happy about because, like, do you, I, yeah. I I think it was the FA Cup goal that he scored. Yeah, that was meek goal, meek at best. Um, he got it, and like, so happy that he did. But like, this goal was a proper Harry Wilson, like, um, twenty twenty one season goal, like. Just re- so good to see. Like that is the Harry Wilson we know and love. And yeah, I've I've been waiting for this all season. You've got such a lot to say for yourself today, Sam. Always do. Always do. <laughs> you have to make make the most of that mute button soon for you, Sammy. <laughs> um, what what I think is really great about it is to to me it 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 looked like a Harry Wilson in that moment was not scared to fail mm-hmm. because he actually put his foot through it. And without, without, you know, really trying to slam it home, he did yeah, no, put he his foot through it. He didn't it. overhit it. He, he no, hit not at it all. Confidently, I think is yeah. Basically, but you what know that. There. Oh, thank you, Jack. But you know, you know um, that that kind of side footing when you're trying to place it, when you're really scared to fail and miss an open goal, it wasn't that at all. Well, yeah, we saw that really, in the first really half. Was mm. was that Harry Wilson who hit that one in the first half? Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he had a good he had a good attempt, but it was yeah, it was very um, pretty much straight at the keeper. keeper and yeah. um, like you say, no, there, no, he, he well, didn't, no, Willian, didn't put his. Willian put one straight. 
William put one, he scuffed one uh, from almost in the, the Manor Solomon spot. No, no, um, we're thinking of a different one here. Yeah. There, there was one okay. where Wilson had one sort of on the edge of the box. The ball rolled across to him and he, he basically tried to side foot it similarly, but with nowhere near as much confidence and just ba- rolled it straight down the middle to Pickford or, almost. Uh, m- maybe it was the parallel universe it was very, it, game I was watching. Yeah, legit. <laughs> like, it was very unremarkable. So like, I can I can take points of, uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Actually, one thing I will say, though, is um, if you're going to count Harry Wilson um, uh, doing the assist for the first goal after the initial setup, does that mean Dan James gets potentially an assist in the second goal? Is is that the metric that we're doing now? No, not quite. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I believe Dan James is looking for a manager uh, who can also double as a PR agent and a spruker. Sign I me up. Man. I reckon you should put your name sign forward, Sam. Yeah, sign me up. Oh, let's talk about Dan James's goal though, because of, of that one obviously put us two one in front. I think when we went three one up, it was pretty much curtains, especially considering how poor Everton were playing as well. Um, quite interesting when that goal went in. I don't know if you saw uh, on the TV coverage, but the fans were streaming out of the stadium, which with yeah. twenty two minutes plus injury time left. Um, is a bit of a statement as to how bad Everton actually were. Um, Dad, because it's Dan James, why don't you walk <laughs> us through this goal? And just to preface it as well, this is the kind of goal that I think we were hoping for and sort of expecting from someone like Dan James. It's not the most highly skillful goal, but it works to his strengths, which I think we struggled to do in the first half, but I saw it a lot more in the second where we play a ball over the top between the two big centre-backs, so he's never going to challenge in the air. But he uses his pace to just get in between them and cause a bit of bit of upset or, or a bit of confusion. Gets a very lucky touch, but a good finish as well from Dan James. Well, I think you've just described it. Um, so I'm not quite sure what there is left for me to say about that. But he, you know, he, he does do well. And even though it is a quite a fortunate... Um, wrong footing of the de- the defenders. He's in the right position. He's actually at the ball, and and the finish is good. You know, the finish is good as with his left foot as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, the finish which is I, good. I think is his weaker foot from memory. Yeah, yeah, no, I um, think it is. Sammy, your your what? thoughts on the goal as well? Yeah, just um, just really positive, like genuinely. Just um, I I feel the goal itself. Because uh, it, it's it's a good solid goal that's really well worked, but I feel that it just for me at least really underscored um, that doing that type of a uh, fluid system just works. And um, yeah, it was just because um, yeah, like you again, it's what I was saying at the start. We know what it should be to have um, Dan James up front, but very few clubs can actually execute it. Even if this is just a one off. Um, it's just really, really nice to see that that is a potential thing that Silver can actually do. Um, and yeah, the goal itself, it's just a lot of composure behind it. Really, really nice stuff. And yeah, it's a it's a very teamworked goal. I, yeah, it's, it's great. I thought, I thought um, Dan James was just really good all game. Uh, I, it was a I, I good think... ball. Okay, go on, sorry. Sorry, sorry, Jack. Um, 
I think the big positive out of Dan James scoring here was not so much, you know, how good a goal it was. I think it's a great thing that he scored because like Harry Wilson, these guys haven't been doing very well. They haven't found their way in, into the side for the majority of the season other than, you know, a, a few runs off the bench. And for him to score and contribute, you know, in a really significant way to the win is a fantastic thing for him and therefore for the side at this point where, you know, we were pretty much adrift a couple of weeks ago wondering how we could play out, you know, the following eight games without Mitro. So for him, for both these guys to get on the score sheet and be very much part of this win is a really, really good thing. Uh, To add to that as well, it was Harry Wilson's first goal in the Premier League, which I was kind of surprised about because, you know, he's been with us for a while. He played the last Premier League season. We were up as well. They didn't play that many games from memory, but um, it's good to see that he's finally got a Premier League goal under his belt. I think it's going to release a lot of pressure on him because I think he was feeling it. But, again, it's one of the positives we can take from the situation we find ourselves in where we're without Mitro for an extended period of time, we can give people like this a bit of an opportunity, like Wilson. We gave Vinicius his opportunity as well. And, you know, Vinicius didn't take his opportunity, but Harry Wilson, I have to say, has taken it. Mm. Um, Wilson will almost definitely start the next game, I would have thought. Uh, It's going to be interesting because Dan James is um, unable to play because we're playing against Leeds. And he's obviously on loan from Leeds and you can't play against your parent club. So we're probably likely to see another change. But I think it'll be a change that retains the same system. So I'd I'd assume we'll probably see Solomon, who's got a little bit more pace than Decadover Reed up front. Um, But again, it it could easily be that we see Decadover Reed start up front as well in the next game. But um, look, that game effect, sorry, that game, that goal effectively killed the game off. There are a few half chances after that. Um, Dan James put a really good ball across the face of the goal, effectively. He um, managed to somehow trick Pickford into taking a step off his line and then cross the ball basically along the goal line. Don't know how no one was there to get a touch on it or Mm. the ball didn't somehow skip onto a post and go in or bounce out to another Fulham player. But all in all, a really good performance against a pretty poor Everton side. Um, Let's have a quick look at some statistics from the game. Fulham came away with 54% to Everton's 46%. Fulham had 21 shots on goal, 7 on target. Everton had just 15 shots on goal, 7 on target. Fulham won out with the passes, 467 passes to Everton's 408 passes. Fulham had 7 corners to Everton's 4. Fulham only committed 6 fouls to Everton's 10. We did pick up a few yellow cards for time-wasting towards the end of the game, though, as well. Um, but a much more reserved performance in terms of the, the tackling and the fouling. Um, I think we only walked away with one foul for... Uh, sorry, one yellow card for actual fouls, which is much better than we've seen in previous weeks. Um, let's have a quick look at the table, uh, showing the top 10 here. Fulham sitting in 10th still. We do now have a game in hand over Brentford. It's kind of nice having games in hand over other teams. We spent a large part of this season having played two, sometimes three games more than the teams around us. So 
it's nice to see us with a game in hand. We're just the one point behind Brentford, although they do have a four-goal better goal differential. Uh, but a win in our game in hand there will take us above Brentford, which should be uh, nice to see us jump up. Uh, off the screen here is the fact that Chelsea is still sitting in 11th. Chelsea's loss to Brighton last night means that we have a, a three-point advantage over Chelsea with a game in hand as well. So win that game in hand, we'll have a six-point gap on Chelsea, um, which is kind of nice with seven games to go in the season. And um, even if Brentford stay above us, I think Brentford have been great all season. Um, it's nice that we both end up above Chelsea and Chelsea are the smallest team in Southwest London. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on and have a look at... Can, can I some just say, Jack, before we do yeah, that... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. R- remarkable, remarkable that where Aston Villa have come from. Like, yeah, they've... Kind of out of nowhere, while, we, we, while no one's looking, they have got themselves to 50 points eight points ahead of us. Mm. Um, With a game in hand, admittedly, win that game and it's a five-point advantage. But, you know, we we had a very, very poor period there where we went five games in the league picking up just the the single point. Um, Mm. It's not surprising that out of 15 available, if we pick up one point, that Aston Villa get a massive lead over us because they've they've been in good form as well. You know, they, they had a really good win last night. Um, they they're they're a good side. Um, they really they really benefited as well from uh, losing Steven Gerrard and gaining Unai Emery because like they're 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 a really decent squad. They just weren't necessarily as well worked under Gerrard. It's uh, I think I saw someone saying on Twitter. I can't believe um, you know this Fulham team quite comfortably beat Aston Villa earlier this season. Mm. Um, Villa went and absolutely destroyed Newcastle last night. A lot of it's down to Ollie Watkins, who I think now. Has like, something silly like um, nine and eleven or something like that. Yeah, nine or ten in his last twelve, something like that. Um, he's on you know scintillating form at the moment, so it does make a big difference when you've got a striker scoring goals as regularly as that, and they're they're winning games off the back of it. And it's the same reason that Brentford have had such a good season as well. They're they're winning games off the back of Tony performing every week. Um, we always knew that Liverpool would would end up pushing through there. They win their games in hand and. They move level with Aston Villa, but obviously jump ahead of them on goal difference as well. Um, but, you know, I think uh, we, we saw Cottage Analytica, um, who run a great account on Twitter, um, saying he's running all his simulations constantly and, and basically Fulham are coming out at 10th in the majority of them, sitting just behind Brentford for the rest of the season. Um, so, you know, it's it's tough to see how Fulham do climb the table when there are teams above us like um, Villa, Brighton, Liverpool in, in really good form at the moment. Brentford as well are obviously always in quite good form. So I think the main thing is we just want to continue to see good results for the rest of the season and good performances, especially without Mitro. It's nice to see a plan B effectively being put into action and then also working. Um, a, a point here from Steve Reynolds, who's following along on the live I put the win down to no Jack bet this week, thus avoiding the curse. Um, yep, fair enough. Maybe I have to retire the segment completely if it means we get wins. I'll happily do that. No, no. Please gamble responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, move on and look at some tweets because there's a lot after a win, as always, and uh, there's some good discussion points off the back of this as well. Dad, I'll get you to read the first one if you don't mind. 
Yep. Uh, so this is from Sons of Speed, uh, Sons of Speed Pod, who, we are, who I haven't heard of, but never mind. Um, Dan James' performance on his first start for Premier League Fulham since October. 90 minutes played, one goal, one assist, two chances created, 40 touches, 100% of dribbles completed, 100% of tackles won. Uh, oh, okay. Now I do know this guy. He's uh, Dan James's manager. <laughs> the salt. Uh, the salt. Um, so petty. So petty. But, you know, we, we've been asking for changes. Um, we weren't sure what we wanted, but we wanted some changes. A change was made and it worked. I think that's that's the mm. crux of this is the fact that, I, you know, admittedly, I, I'm a supporter of Dan James, but I, I wouldn't say I'm his biggest fan. Um, when I saw that Dan James had picked for this game, I was not sure. I thought, yeah, okay, I can, I can understand what Silver's trying to do here, Silver slash Boa is trying to do here, but is that the right thing to do? Um, is it going to work? I wasn't sure, but it, it really did work last night. And, you know, I think Sammy mentioned before, it was probably Dan James's best game in a Fulham shirt, potentially one of his best ever games of football. Yeah. Um, and it worked. And, I mean, it's not going to work every week, but it's nice to see that we did try something different and that when we did try it, it actually worked as well. On to the second uh, this... tweet, Dad. This is from uh, Jamie Reed, the uh, Fulham commentator sitting alongside Gentleman Jim. Uh, it says, uh, look at what at what it means. And the, the image is, is of, um, is that Tosin? Tete. No, I oh. think that's Tete. No, Tete. it's Tete. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Kenny Tete uh, embracing Harry Wilson. Uh, these two were superb. The team performance was superb, brilliant from everyone. Well played Fulham FC and great vocal support as ever. And and can I can I say that if you look at the historical stats, not that I ever think these mean very much, but I think we've had one win in something like 19 years of travelling to Goodison Park. Mm. So this is the second ever win, or is it possible we've never never won there? I think I think we've won once. So I think this so, is a yeah. this is a this is a pretty great effort. Yeah, they were really loud as well. Like I remember in the first half, they were they were it was a very very I don't want to give them too much credit, but a very very intimidating place to go. And then, no, um, they piped down quite significantly in the second. Yeah. Probably an intimidating place to go for many reasons, actually. But anyway, it was only our our second away win in the league. Um, The the other one actually being back in two thousand and one, our last um, time in the Premier League. But before that, we'd uh, never won against them in fourteen games, um, which is yeah, not a great stat. And it just shows it's a tough place to go, but this Fulham team have been doing things that other Fulham teams haven't been able to do before. Mm. And we're starting to see that this group of players can get results that we're not expected to get. And, you know, I think um, it, we're very close to the most away wins that Fulham have ever got in a Premier League season as well. Um, so it's it's a really, really good good performance from Fulham. And, and I agree with Jamie Reid there. Great performance from Tete, great from Wilson as well. They were two standouts yesterday. 
This one from Cam Ramsey of Fulhamish at 94CamRam on Twitter. Have to say, for a team that's flirting with relegation, Everton were dreadful. That is a team that's serious. That is a team that's serious trouble. At home against a Fulham side that had lost four Premier League games on the bounce, the Toffees were secondary in every sense. Goodison was muted. It just isn't looking good. Mm. But this isn't yeah. an Everton podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's it's a good point. I mean the the um, relegation battle is so interesting from a neutral perspective. Mm. Um, well, basically from any perspective apart from the one of the 12 club or the eight clubs still up for relegation effectively. Um, but it is, it is so tight down there. And we've seen now in the last few weeks, West Ham, Everton and Bournemouth, who are all in a massive scrap at the moment. And there are some pretty poor teams sitting in that relegation fight. West Ham were atrocious last time around, even though they beat us. Everton looked really poor as well. Southampton now look like they've just completely given up. Um, mm. It's it's a real weird battle down the bottom there. And I agree with Cam Ramsey, it isn't looking good at the moment for, for Everton. And there was a huge roars at the start of the game, and, and that was a, so a raucous stadium, and there was a lot of energy. But when the third goal went in, after the Fulham fans stopped cheering, it was just dead silence in the stadium for the rest of the game. Mm. It was it was weird that, that, you know, they got so up for it, but then almost the fans seemed like they just completely gave up on the team as well, which was kind of interesting when you're in a fight like that. There weren't boos ringing out, but no. um, it's going to be a tough end of the season for a lot of those clubs down the bottom there. And Everton, with 31 games played, compared to looking at West Ham with 29, Leeds and Nottingham Forest obviously playing uh, tonight as well. Like, it's it's pretty... It's not looking good for Everton at the moment. Is it really mean that I was kind of thinking that, but part of me was also thinking there's a lot of players, there's a lot of teams that could potentially go down and potential, but, like, um, Dwight McNeil looks really good and I wouldn't mind signing him. Well, I, I was actually going to pose a question to both of you. I'll go to Dad first. Who who would you pick out of this Everton team, assuming based on their performance last night that they might be going down? Yeah, look, McNeil, uh, it did actually look pretty good. Um, Wobi, um, Gay is pretty strong as well. I don't know. Uh, even Keane, even Keane, like um, yeah, Keane's a solid defender. Garner looked pretty good in the middle. Um, Mikalenko at left back looked pretty solid as well. Like there's, as um, Steve Reynolds following along on the live, there there will be some rich pickings in the transfer market. If you consider Southampton, Ward Prowse going to be up for sale. Mm-hmm. You would have thought. Um, Lamina as well. If Leicester get relegated, there's some serious players there. Ian Acho, um, Jamie Vardy might be looking for another club, and Didi. Um, Forest think... have about 80 players that they have to get rid of, probably. Shit, so true. Yeah. Um, there are like good, key players, players like Madison. Everywhere. Yeah, there's like key players like Madison that are kind of like poised to go to clubs like um, Newcastle and um, potentially even Man U when like the time is right. But there's so many clubs that you'll essentially be getting on like a pretty serious discount. 
Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's half-price discounts, basically, on very established yeah. Premier League players that's going to be coming up soon. Everything must go. <laughs> well, everything has to because you can't afford it anymore. Mm. Um, on to the next tweet. This is from Ibs at FFC Ibs on Twitter. Just before we do that, um, West Ham or Everton, who was worse? Oh, um, I think West Ham were worse. Yeah, I think West Ham. Yeah, they they lack energy. Like I, I, I at least for like the first half of last night, Everton were really coming out and giving us a real serious fight. I thought we played bad, and West Ham played bad when we played them. So it's a bit of a yeah. actually. Yeah, I'd agree. Energy, I'd agree with that. I'd say they lacked ability. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy when you think about like how like pretty studded um, that West Ham team is. Yeah, weird. Okay, um, one more tweet here uh, before we get into the really good stuff. Um, take a bow, Kenny. This is from IBS. Uh, take a, a bow, Kenny Tete. Another solid defensive output. Five assists to his name uh, now too. So his attacking contributions are unreal. I'm not saying this because I'm a Fulham fan, but I genuinely, genuinely believe we have the best right back in the league. And uh, yeah, couldn't couldn't uh, question that. He's 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 got a lovely mix of defensive capabilities and, and you know plenty going forward. And it, it, it last night I just thought that he showed some real experience in how he drew couple of fouls in quite a laconic way he got himself in mm. front in front of a player and just his body position was so good that the, the 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 opponent had nothing else to do other than to foul him mm-hmm. he's not really yeah he's not really strong in like a um kind of like going in really really hard for like tackles sort of way he's just got like really strong upper body and he's just really good at just getting in front of like the player and just kind of like he's clever yeah he's really clever he's not he's not he's really smart and just yeah really like it really like it uh it's it's crazy to think he's not getting a game for the netherlands at the moment um is he the best right back in the league i don't think so but he he's proving himself to be you know a european level slash Champions League right back at the moment. And I don't know why Premier League teams aren't sniffing around him. We see Premier League teams sniffing around Robinson, um, see them sniffing around Polina, who are obviously standout players. But for me, Tete has been one of Fulham's best players this season. And it's surprising that people aren't sniffing around him. And maybe it's because he's that little bit older than some of the other young guys who are out there who, you know, are, are touted as the best right backs in the league, but um, I, I love having him in the team. And uh, he just looked like he was on cruise control last night. Mm, like he never yeah. really had to get into fifth gear. Yeah, he was just milling around, comfortably doing everything that was required of him. Never looked like he was ever mm. at a stretch to do anything at all. It just looked so mm. in control, and I think it's just great having a player like that, especially in defence, because that's what we see from. Tim Ream as well, someone who never really looks like they have to get out of third gear. They're mm. always just able to control the game without having to run around like a maniac and be chasing after the ball and stuff. They're always just in the right position. And Tosin kind of looked like that as well a little bit last night. It feels like across the whole back four, we have that ability to just comfortably play our game and, and not look, look under pressure. 
you reckon a lot of that's Leno as well, our Worcestershire sauce, as we established last week? There's like a little bit to that. Um, but yeah. it's it's more about how those four players interact with each other. They move as a unit and mm. they understand where each other's going to be at all times. They know when to drop in. They know when to push forward. Um, you know, we see it with the centre-backs when they're passing the ball around to each other. They always know where each other's going to be without even having to look. And they know where the next ball after that is going to be as well. I think that's the benefit of having such a tight unit who've played together all season is uh, we see it when Willian and Robinson play together. They just know where each other are. And it, it makes life so much easier when you're trying to pass the ball around quickly and create space when you're able to not even look up and you just know that you can put the ball there and someone's going to be there. Um, so hats off to our defence this year. They've been superb. Um, and Kenny Tete has probably been... Uh, Tim Ream takes the plaudits because of his age, but I think Tete has potentially been better than Tim Ream this season. Um, can, can I can I also say that... Um, yeah. Because, because I've been... Uh, a pretty outspoken critic of Tosin from time to time, notwithstanding the fact that I, I, I know he's talented, but it always concerned me that there's always a mistake in him, uh, a silly mistake, and he does tend to lose the ball in important areas. But if last week was a um, somewhat of a change of form, I thought this week he was absolutely outstanding. He was very intense. He was really purposeful. And that, you know, you know, that, that part where he gets the ball and he points to try and um, sort of wrong foot Dictate. a player. Mm. And I, I just think, don't do that. He, he was so deliberate last night. Um, the number of times he won the ball in the air was so impressive. And he was aggressive as hell. And he was a, he, he was certainly in the first half, I thought he was, Absolutely outstanding. And if we haven't really touched on him that much today, but I, I really think it's worth a mention. Yeah, you, you usual whipping horse got a couple of praises from you last night, which was kind of nice to see. We thought your mm -hmm. phone, had, phone had been stolen. In my mind, you've just moved on to Dan James just getting all of it. It's like it's been a very natural kind of <laughs> change in target. Uh, let's move on to the next one. This is a quote from... Uh, Fulham Focus on Twitter. Fulham are two points off beating their highest ever away return in the Premier League, 21 points in 2003-04 season. They now have won six away matches, their most in the Premier League. They need three more goals for it to be their most away from home in the Premier League. Rem remaining away fixtures are Villa, Southampton, Man United and Liverpool. Um, so there you go. Yeah, interesting stat. Well, I think you'd hope we'd pick up those two points. Uh, I mean, obviously, Villa, Man United, Liverpool, not easy games, but Southampton, you'd expect us to pick up all three against Southampton. Mm. Um, and you'd hope across those four games you score the three goals as well to make it our most successful away season ever. I, I remember, you know, back in the day when... Fulham basically stayed in the Premier League solely on the back of their home performances, uh, thinking sort of 07, 08, 09 kind of times when um, Fulham were just winning matches at home and basically picking up no points away from home. Mm. Um, and it's nice to see that 
there's a bit of a shift where the cottage is still a bit of a fortress for us, but we're actually still managing to pick up points away from home and putting good performances away from home. Because if you can do that and go somewhere else and take points off teams, you're going to have a really, really good season. Um, biggest issue is when you, you're not picking up away points and then the big teams come and visit you at home and beat you as well. And then you basically, you've only got maybe 10 games a season where you're looking to pick up points and 30 points in a season is just not enough. And that's if you perform perfectly in all of those games. So it, it's really important that we perform well away from home. And we, we're seeing a season in which it doesn't really matter if Fulham are home or away. We feel like we're in with a chance wherever we go. So I, I'm, I'm very happy with our away performances this season. I think it's been great to see so many good performances away from home. Let's look at the next one from Cottage Analytica, who are one of my favourite accounts on Twitter easily. And and the tweet says, uh, big day for the chart following Fulham's cumulative points progression against relegation benchmarks. Finally passed the 40-point target because Everton were diving... Uh, sorry, driving the line for math- math- mathematical relegation. The three points gained today also took three points off the safety line. Um, and then there's a rather complex chart uh, yeah, of, of the mathematical that. safety line from relegation. What did you which... add the bottom tweet as well, which is also to note Fulham remain two points ahead of their points tally in the 08-09 season after 30 games. This is the club's previous highest Premier League's points total. Mm. So I'll just make the chart bigger for those following along at home. Uh, effectively, the big black line there at 40 points, Fulham have finally passed that after sitting just below it for far, far too long. Um, we it, this The chart basically charts historical Fulham performances in terms of uh, how many points you've picked up per game each season. Um, and has the the 40-point target line going directly across the map and also has the points for mathematical safety, uh, which is basically the only line that come that's coming down across the chart. So Fulham now are just five points away, sorry, seven points away from mathematically being impossible to go down. Although I did see Cottage Analytica also say that um, he ran, I think, 10,000 simulations uh, for the rest of the season, and in none of those simulations were Fulham relegated. So we can finally put it to bed and say it seems Fulham are safe now this season. I think it was always the case, but really interesting to see in terms of a chart that Fulham are currently ahead of previous bests um, by quite a considerable amount and ahead of our mm. best ever season as well, despite what was quite a a long stagnant period uh, recently where we didn't pick up any points. Uh, On to another tweet here. This one's from Jack and Loz. It says, cunning plan B executed to near perfection, back in form and back on track. And now we can finally believe it. The whites are staying up. And I think, uh, yeah, I think that's fair enough and spot on. Can't agree more. The Whites are staying up. And this is an interesting final um, slide we've got for those following along on live. Uh, This is a compilation of Elton's text messages in the group chat for us last night. 
Now, Dad, would you like to read some of these or would you like Sam and I to maybe pick out our favourites? Well, can I just firstly make a point? (laughs) This is for, for those actually following along on the podcast and not um lucky enough to be following the live stream um firstly this was uh this this is entirely without consent and it's very (laughs) underhanded (laughs) secondly it's the sort of shit that your kids do um for your 50th birthday it's sort of like a shitty collage of you with your you, pa- made, your trousers, you tra- made this trousers, mosaic of hate against poor tra- dan james trousers down vomiting in the toilet in a tuxedo you know some, something really de- degrading or that your mates put together for your 21st birthday you know something like that these are all these things ladies and gentlemen and good listeners just a, a serious attempt to air private comments that would otherwise perhaps not be made public but go ahead oh. boys knock yourselves out this oh. this feels very much like an opening statement in court <laughs> where you're trying to um trying to get on top of the the opposition um oh look it's it's a bit of okay. fun let, uh, Come let on. me let me let me read I these think out. you should pick i okay. think you should pick your favorite at least pick, pick, yeah, no no yeah. no no i'm happy to go let me just set out my stall here and say that um um i i actually i think i have a very professional view on dan dan james no i'm not um, having it i'm not having it yeah, not having that well, well, not having that if you keep interjecting you'll probably be thrown out of court sam um you know he 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 simply has not been the goods all season. He has been disappointing. He's been, I think, way below <laughs> par in terms of skill. Um, and he's been he's been absolutely underwhelming. And I would have thought he's well on his way to being um, released back to to Leeds at the end of the season. Now, the the next. Uh, set of games could change that. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Steve says, "Keep digging, Elton." Yeah, and <laughs> um, uh, and, and you know, he he could well um, he could well turn around his fortunes uh, in the next few games because he's he's certainly been given an opportunity to. But um, let's just let's just get stuck into some of this good old good fodder. Um, let's keep it PG so Sam, if we can as well. Huh? Yeah. Nah, no. So Sam, uh, Sam starts off with. Um, I, I did. I, don't... I did. No, it says. Oh, what's Dan the... James has looked okay. I said. Okay, yeah, and then then Sam says, uh, "I don't hate Dan James up front," and my my <laughs> reply so immediately much. after. My reply immediately after that was, "I do. He's an imposter in the Premier League for me." A bit harsh, <laughs> but okay. Um, and I said, that "James." And this was in the first half, my first half, mind you. Uh, James ha- hasn't made the defenders chase him once, not once. The Which ball's is been a lie. played into his. The ball's been played into his area a number of times, and he hasn't had the quality to get it under control. You guys are dreamers. Which, which is, is just, which is frankly untrue. That, no, at, at that point, <laughs> I'll defend that a little bit. There, at that point, Dan James hadn't done that much, but I also think he. I think Dad's put Sam on mute. <laughs> I also think No, um, I haven't touched I haven't touched the screen. Um he Dan James hadn't done much in the opening period of the game and I actually think in the first half 
he didn't have the most incredible first half. Yeah. Um, so I think some of these some of these tweets tweets they'd be bad if they were tweets at least they're messages. Um, some of these I think probably fair or verging on fair. I think they're probably just the wrong side of fair sometimes. Um, Dad, the next one, see, yeah, if you continue see, to read that one, and Sam, stop interrupting. See, yeah, see, I think um, I love the concept of a man with pace that gets behind mm. defenders and actually creates massive problems. And, in you know, in, in sort of, not I wouldn't call it recent history, but in the history of the modern game, Michael Owen did this brilliantly. He was very pacey, but he was also highly skillful. Mike, Michael Owen was a very, very good striker. And I think I love the concept of Dam James, but to me, he's not skillful enough to really pull this off. And I get very frustrated that 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 is the case and um you know in and this is a reference to dan james running around i thought he ran around aimlessly in the first half um he 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 just wasn't where the ball was and i don't think it's fair to say that we weren't playing balls into the area he just wasn't in the right position and and so i said we don't need a wind-up lego man in this team which um yeah okay i'll I'll take that (laughs) Um, and I and I said, but, James is a great idea, but he doesn't deliver. What what I will do is just chip in there for a, a conversation point, I guess, in the fact that I I agree. I think I like having someone with pace up front. Uh, obviously, you're not going to really find the next Michael Lowen as such, but we've been looking at you know Giorcarez from Coventry for a while who's a really solid option and has that pace up front. And I think this is almost proof that next season we need to look for a backup striker who has some pace. Because Mm -hmm. I think when you have someone up front who has some pace, who you can bring off the bench and then change your style completely, um, we proved that it actually works. And imagine if we had someone who was better than Dan James playing up front last night um, you'd you'd actually feel pretty confident going into the game. The problem I, for us, I, I, I think, love, is that Dan I love James the idea. Of that. Mm. Well, I don't think he's an unknown. I think he's. Played when I say an unknown, I mean we just don't know what Dan James is going to rock up. Is it yeah. the Dan James from last night who was actually pretty good, or is it the Dan James who you know can just run around like you said aimlessly and be a little bit all over the place? Um, Dan James, take nothing away from the guy. He had a great game last night. He scored a goal. Mm. He was he participated and assisted, whether he got technical assist or not. He was in and amongst it and helped us score, you know, a couple of goals at least. And he, he had a good game. And and it just proves the point that even if you're not that skillful against weak opposition, just your pace can be really dangerous because it does get yeah. people out of position and it makes people really terrified and it it, it actually creates so many problems. And I, I guess all I'm looking for is I love the idea of that, but can we have some more real quality with that? Because pace alone for me is it's like having, you know, Usain Bolt in the team. Sure, he would cause some problems because someone would be following him and he would cause some problems. But if you put mm. the ball at his feet, it's probably a bad example because I think you say Bolt's not a bad footballer from all accounts. He's he can okay. play. 
He's actually he not as pretty, fast as James though in the short in the short was, sprint. He was pretty yeah, fat when he played for Central Coast, but yeah. Sorry, sorry. Did you just say he's not as fast as James? He's not as fast as James in a short, explosive sprint. Oh, come he on. He 100% is, Sam. Oh, That's on. a ridiculous comment. That's that's not, getting clipped out. I'm not. Can you no. just say that again just so I can clip that out and put it on socials? In a short, <laughs> explosive sprint, Jan- Dan James is quicker. Quicker than um, who? Usain Bolt. In Usain, a short, explosive sprint. You, yeah. Usain Bolt. Is is admittedly in a hundred meter world class in world record meters, sprint. No one can beat the man. Yeah, but in a no, short no, in, for the fir- for the first twenty meters, he's not the fastest guy. But yeah. all of the nine other guys in that race are twice as fast as Jan- Dan James. Oh, I don't know. No, anyway. Sammy, Sammy, stop! You're going to make it worse. <laughs> Keep going, Dad. Keep reading out your bad messages. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, this is again. I just. Um, double down this and and this is actually in response to my two sons kind of trying to wind me up about dan james who i'm critically just not a massive fan of and my comment was now nah, fuck him off back up the m1 to leeds um so yeah classy yeah uh you see you see what i mean Listeners, this is admittedly, this is admittedly two, though, two admittedly little though. toe rags trying to actually drag me under here. Admittedly and though, I, if you if you go back to the text message conversation, we're not giving you that much fuel to work with, and yet you're just oh, running. I was, I yeah, was, I was stoking the fire as much as possible. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then there's a comment by I can't remember who it was. I think it was Jack who said that was yeah, me. We're really, yeah. we're really, we're not really yet. No, what we're not yet really playing to his strength. And I said, to be fair, he doesn't have many. He's just a fast runner, period. The next one, the next text after that is... Faster yeah. than Usain Bolt, apparently, Sam. Yes. Well, apparently. Apparently, <laughs> I'm not believing. Uh, Steve Reynolds. I was going to comment on this. Steve Reynolds jumps in and says, Australian... Just pop that back up again, please, Joe. Australian culture still alive then. Now, How Steve. Now, Steve, can we talk about Fremantle? <laughs> <laughs> Oh come on, come on! You can you can do it with you can do it with keep us. Going, Leave, Steve Leave Steve alone. Leave Steve alone. To be uh, uh, okay, yeah. So, um, uh, James, I can't, I can't remember the totally context. Clueless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I I think I was talking about uh, the moment where Dan James gets the ball uh, in the box and has a shot um, without any pressure on him. He scuffed it. Very wide. No, from memory, um, it was actually he took the ball in the corner, and oh, oh that's right. Didn't that's really right. do anything with it. He was wait, yeah. waiting for, um, waiting for others basically to come with him. So, um, yeah, uh, that's right. He was. I, I, I don't fully disagree with that. He did kind of look like he didn't really know what to do next and was waiting for other options, which is what we were sort of saying about Harry Wilson in the first half as well, mm. at least in that opening mm. little 15 minutes where he he just didn't really look like he had the confidence to do the next thing. I think wasting a shirt was a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit harsh. <laughs> but, um, agree with the sentiment, sort of. Next. Sorry, sorry guys. I've just, I just lost you there. Um, oh, okay. Sure you did. Sure you did. That's yeah. what you said when the goal went in as well, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where, where are we up to? Uh, uh, aimless. Aimlessly. 
Oh, well, that's when you said Dan James appears to be just floating. I think that was Sam. Is it Dan, Dan James appears to be just floating? And I just said, Amos. no, that was me again. Yeah, that was me that was saying that he yeah. was, he, it looked like he was sort of given permission to play through the center, but also on both wings. He did seem to basically have a free roam around there, which I didn't mind actually. And I yeah, thought him cool. floating was actually working quite well. Yeah. Well, again, you know, um, Floating's a bad example, bad, bad, probably a bad choice of concept. But as someone running around with pace, that de definitely causes huge problems. Where I think we're all in agreement on that. Um, and then I made a comment: you can't convince me that James is a better player to start than Solomon, notwithstanding the fact that he had a good game. Um, I I was very surprised that Solomon neither made the starting lineup or was not subbed on. Which I do actually um, agree with. That's uh, that's a fair comment. Yeah, that's a fair comment. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd rather have Vinny than James, though. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> uh, I I want I wanted I wanted uh, Solomon on on the field. Not not that we needed him at that point. We were three three nil up, I think, at that point. But yeah, I actually <laughs> think that was before. Out. That was that was at one all still, I think. Yeah, okay. What was the context of Pony? I remember that. No, I no, I just thought it was I thought it was Village when he when he scuffed it really wide. Um, you know, he did he didn't even threaten the second goal. Excellent. Just a, a really great collection of uh, messages, and I'm sure Dad's gonna be screenshotting a lot of our upcoming uh chat so be wary sam because i mean i don't some, i don't attack you, players in the same no, way you put some saying. absolute pish in those messages sometimes so I put pish, you're, in, but you're like, in the front you're in the firing line big time sammy you got to put a target on your back <laughs> uh, i think the family lawyer is going to be absolutely rolled out here absolutely lack of consent lack of prior consent this is shocking shocking <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'll fight. Um, let's finish up. Sammy, we don't have long, so let's crack through some cottage cheese. That's all right. That's all right. It's cottage cheese time, your daily source of protein. Okay, so um, uh, real simple. Last time um, we had our best performance in the Prem was 2009, so specifically like 2009, 2008 season. Um, so specifically, I did a deep dive on the top number one songs between uh, February and April 2009. I wasn't actually able to get it to like, like I looked at the the week of like the charts for April 16th, but it wasn't really singing to me. Anyway, no pun intended. So with that in mind, you're just going to tell me which song relates to which player. Okay, so we're starting off strong with... You found me by the fray, Dan James or Harry Wilson. <laughs> what song? What song sings? Well, like what's can, their can story? I say yeah, Dan James, because Tete's ball last night. You found me. That's true. That is true. I see. I'm thinking Wilson in a very cathartic kind of like way. It's just kind of like I, I believe that that's what was playing in Wilson's aura when he was like you're the, you're the game show host Sam you can't play 
Huh? Sure. Uh, can I? You get to you get to comment afterwards, Sammy. All right. Okay. Um, I, I think uh, I think Harry Wilson because uh, Silver found him and brought him in and he resurrected his career last night. Yep. Fair call. Make him sound like a lost doll. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Love Story by Taylor Swift. Uh, Tom Kearney or Burt Leno? Jesus, that song's 15 years old. Apparently. Tom Kearney for me. He's my love story. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I think I think that's a, probably a, a, a very solid general feeling at Fulham Football Club. See, for me, see, for, yeah, I'm with Steve. So, like, when I think of Love Story and the prince that comes through the door, for me, it's Bert Leno. He's the one I want to carry me away to um, a safe place, I guess. Um, uh, J-Ho, You Are My Destiny by the Pussycat Dolls. I believe it's by the Pussycat Dolls. Um yeah. Solomon or Tim Ream? Who can I see doing um, Bollywood moves more? Tim Tim Ream, I'm going to say. Tim Ream. I just pictured Tim Ream in full Indian regalia doing some uh, some good moves. Yeah, Tim Ream. Right. Uh, I can I can see both here. I mean, Tim Ream, you know, for all the obvious reasons of destiny and Fulham, but. But you have to look at Man of Solomon and probably maybe uh, maybe he looks at Fulham as his destiny out of a pretty terrible situation that he was in before. Not to be too yeah. serious about it all. Yeah. No, no, that's fair. That, fair cool. that was that was genuinely my pick and my exact reason. So I, yeah, I feel that. Okay, it's well and, thought out. Yeah, um, uh, we made you by Eminem, Tosin or Reed. I don't know the song off the top of my head. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of going with like the the title because the song is very kind of tongue in cheek. So, but we made you. Who did we make? Did we make Tosin or did we make Reed? I think we made Harrison Reed. I think Tosin's always yeah, think so. probably had the potential. He's young and he's very, uh, he's kind of a precocious talent, um, a bit of a rough diamond. But he also he always had that. Uh, that potential to be a very great player. Whereas I think Harrison Reed, for for some, without being unfair to him, many people probably have rated Harrison Reed as a really good championship player. And he's turned out to be anything but, and he's very, very much a Premier League quality player, potentially knocking on the door of an England spot. Mm. And you can make yep. you can definitely make the argument for like um, Southampton with the team that brought him in, and it's Southampton's job to it because I'm pretty sure he was in the same team as like Virgil Van Dyke. So like it's like their job. You could argue that, but I think we are the team that established the Harrison Reed that people actually know, and I think he's forever associated with us, which is sweet. Um, and finally, Boom Boom Pow by the Black Eyed Peas, Kenny Tete or Jao Palinha. Hmm. It's got to be Polina. Boom, boom, pow. All the tackles, all the yellow cards. Boom, boom, ow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm starting to see Kenny Tete. He's not so much a heavy-hitting enforcer, but he's more a cunning defender who uses his wile and experience to get himself in the right place, arrive at the right time, and actually just do the business ever so quietly. Whereas, he's got class <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jao Polina is just brutal you know he's just he's he's uh yeah he's a heavy hitter 
Heavy hitter. Mm. Ah, I pay both those answers. I pay it. And that's the segment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You could have it on a salad. Yeah. You can just like eat it from the. Do they usually come in a cup? Cottage cheese? Tub. I don't know. Yeah. In tub, a tub. Why not? But that's the segment. Thanks for hat- being part of it. <laughs> no, you did good, Sammy. Um, that was, yeah, uh, a weird collection of songs, but I'll, I'll accept it. Um, so, look, guys, a bit of a long one, but there was a lot to go through, especially with all those messages from Dad. Um, but, no, it's been really enjoyable to actually talk through a win for once, and I think it's nice to spend that little bit of extra time going over what was just a really positive performance from Fulham. We've been looking for it for a while. We've been wanting it for a while, and it's finally come. It's really great to see a plan B actually come off and work for Fulham. So I think we, we're all just happy that we've got those points on the board. We can finally move forward and be a little bit more positive. And maybe that's a bit of a monkey on the back, you know, sitting just below that 40-point mark, which I'm sure at the start of the season would have been a target for Silver. Now that we're there, hopefully we can push forward and make it even more. And maybe it's not too late for a European push still. Who knows? It's a long way still to go with nine, uh, eight games left in the season. So uh, a lot of football still to be played. But for now, guys, I think we'll finish up here. A big thank you again to everyone who listens to the podcast, everyone who subscribed, gets in contact um, during the week, everyone who follows along live. We really appreciate it. And it's great that we've managed to bring up 50 episodes with a win as well. So um, thank you to everyone who supported us so far on the journey. Looking forward to 50 more and bringing up the hundreds, um, I guess, early in next season. Um, but look, Sammy, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. And yeah, just uh, um, yeah, f- 50 is uh, 50 more than I thought we were going to do here. So it's no, it's it's excellent. I'm very happy to be a part of this. It's nice to do it with your family, isn't it? It's good. And, uh, Dad, my lawyers advised me not to have any more contact with you until proceedings have been finalised. Hey, Josh. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's lovely to uh, celebrate uh, the 50th anniversary of our inauguration of this podcast with uh, the uh, undermining of my character, but uh, <laughs> onwards and upwards. In all fairness, you undermined your own character. We didn't tell yeah, you to say I did. anything. I, did. I, I, I didn't ask you to roll out my laundry, Sam. <laughs> I think this is one to take offline. And uh, Sammy, you can take you can take the rap for this one because you sent me many messages saying, "Please, please, please, let me oh, throw yeah. them under the bus." Oh, legit! They were like, before we started this podcast, they were like thinking about doing it before me because I was walking my dog and I was like, "Don't you dare! Don't you dare!" <laughs> Uh, look, guys, thank you again so much. And, yeah, echoing what you've said, it's been really good fun to do 50 podcast episodes with your family. It's 50 hours of extra time we've spent together, and it's been a joy talking Fulham through the whole thing as well. So um, really appreciate the time that you guys put into this as well. So big thank you for that. And, look, uh, we've got a game coming up against Leeds. It's a beautiful kickoff time for us over here in Australia with an early night. Um, I think a 9.30 kickoff for us over here in WA, which is going to be delightful. So really looking forward to that. Um, So until next time, come on you whites.